Mom Save America is brought to you by Integration Partners, a nationwide network integrator specializing in cloud and security solutions. Integration Partners, what's possible? In addition, Mom Save America is sponsored by Plain Jane Designs, a bespoke graphic design artist specializing in business card flyer and invitation needs. So please contact my friend Jane at jane at plainjanedesigns.com. Thanks. Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to Mom Save America. I am Tina Graff. Carrie Lucas and I are here to mom template all those things that spark controversy, inspire us, create conflict, impress us, mashing it all together here. Generally make us go crazy. Today on the podcast, we are going to mom template the mashup that is the Me Too, Hear Me Roar movement meets the misogynistic leadership of today in the form of Michelle Williams' acceptance speech at the Golden Globes. On the previous podcast, I had mentioned the confusion that I felt regarding the place that we find ourselves in today at this moment in time in society, because as our collective voices are, you know, being getting stronger and stronger with the movements like Me Too and Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ rights, etc., we also have elected and are failing to hold accountable the person holding the highest office in the land. It's it's mind-boggling to me. How can we be existing at this exact place? And Michelle Williams' speech at the Golden Globes this past week just kind of nailed it for me. Like, we need to make the world look like all of us, not just like these high, powerful, rich, wealthy, misogynistic men. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about her speech. We'll also mom to plate on other material from other famous women worthy of pushing this idea forward. With that said, I didn't even say hello, Carrie. Hello. Jesus Christ. That's okay. Hello. Well, here's the thing, just to flash back on the, you said, how can we have these two things going on at once? How can we? I feel like the conversation from both sides almost escalates the argument on both sides. So instead of like... De-escalating. They're escalating it. Right. Both sides. So we need a de-escalation again. And I felt like Michelle Williams' speech at the Golden Globes was kind of like a call to action. Like, let's just stop talking about it. Right. And make the world look like you. Do something about right. it, people. Right. Because if you continue to have these arguments right. over he said, she said, whatever, it's a never-ending constant battle and there's loud voices on both sides that are over the top and inappropriate you know i'm watching the morning show which i on apple plus yes i want to watch that but like i I texted you i can't figure out how to freaking watch i I just want to say something about the morning show before we get into the main topics is jennifer aniston is pretty amazing is she and i never liked her as far as an actress i was not a friends fan i i didn't ever really watch any of her movies and that was holding me back from watching this but i wanted to see it because we've been doing the whole sexual um harassment thing and this is kind of about matt lauer okay and she's you hate her you love her you hate her you're frustrated with her and then you're like feel sorry for her all in the space of you know you're 55 minute episode she's carrying me on these like emotional roller coasters every time even more so than reese witherspoon who's her like sidekick yeah and um i'm pretty impressed with her but she has this big argument with their, her, her and her husband are getting a divorce even though they've been separated for so long and the daughter her daughter who's in college is pissed at her and she's pissed at her because She's like, you're selfish. You've never done anything. You, it's always about your career and your thing. And I'm thinking, 
She wouldn't, if, if this was her father. Yeah, she would never turn to her father no. and say that. And yeah. she, finally, and Jennifer Aniston is crying and she's saying, I'm sorry to her and like all this. And then finally Jennifer Aniston is like, fuck you, kid. Yeah. Fuck you. I did everything for you. You know what? You see how it is in this world, you progressive pain in the ass. Like, you get out there and do some shit and see how hard it is to work in this environment and try to get someplace because this is what I wanted to do. And right. I'm like... Wow, and Bo and Bart at the end of the episode, he was like, "Well, they're both right," and I'm like, "Yeah, kinda." Yeah, kinda no, kinda, kinda no. no. You know what? Maybe Jennifer Aniston was a terrible mom in the you know grand scheme of the show, but if it was reversed, no, right? People would look at it as he was out supporting his family, yeah, and that was his job to do that. And on that side, exactly. that's a whole nother problem. Right. Why is it always on you know the male? role is to support the family and all right. of that. That's because not fair in this, either. In this scenario with the show, the dad is portrayed as more of the caregiver and always kind of with yeah. the daughter versus the mom is focused on her career. And sure, but the mom gets the brunt of it. And yeah. maybe it maybe in the reverse of it, the dad does get, you know, the stigma of being the one who was selfish, but it would never have been caught, called out like right. that. So, anyways, I forget where we were. Oh, we were going to mom share a few other things, right? How did I switch over to um, the morning show? I'm not sure. But we were talking about, you know, the, the escalation, de-escalation of that arguments between right. both sides right. and Michelle Williams and her speech. Do you want to get into the Michelle Williams speech? And sure, see, yeah. Or do you want to talk about Megxit first? The other thing I really wanted to talk about on this podcast today is... Something that really doesn't matter in the world. It really doesn't. Uh, well, let's talk about Rochelle Williams, and then we'll switch to, to Megan. poor Megan. Okay, so before we talk about Megan and Michelle Williams, let's listen to Michelle Williams' Golden Globes acceptance speech. Here we go. Uh, thank you so much, um, first of all, to my Fosse-Verdon family and to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. When you put this in someone's hands... You're acknowledging the choices that they make as an actor, moment by moment, scene by scene, day by day, but you're also acknowledging the choices they make as a person, the education they pursued, the training they sought, the hours they put in. I'm grateful for the acknowledgement of the choices I've made, and I'm also grateful to have lived at a moment in our society where choice exists, because as women and as girls, things can happen to our bodies that are not our choice. I've tried my very best to live a life of my own making, not just a series of events that happened to me, but one that I could stand back and look at and recognize my handwriting all over, sometimes messy and scrawling, sometimes careful and precise, but one that I had carved with my own hand. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing a woman's right to choose. To choose when to have my children and with whom, when I felt supported and able to balance our lives, knowing as all mothers know that the scales must and will tip towards our children. Now, I know my choices might look different than yours, but thank God or whomever you pray to that we live in a country founded on the principle that I am free to live by my faith and you are free to live by yours. So. Women, 18 to 118, when it is time to vote, please do so in your own self-interest. It's what men have been doing for years.
It's what men have been doing for years, which is why the world looks so much like them. But don't forget, we are the largest voting body in this country. Let's make it look more like us. Tommy and Matilda, I can't wait to come home to you. Okay, so there's so much to really unpack with her speech. I think, you know, first of all, Tiffany Haddish, can we just say? Right, screaming in the background. She's the best. Yeah. She's like, amen, sister. But when she says the scales always must tip towards our children, it's always the women that tips those scales. It's not the men that tip the scales for themselves towards the kids. It's it's expected that women and moms will tip their own scale towards their children. I'm not necessarily against that. I'm just saying, listening to her speech, we have to make the world look more like us. We do. Well, certainly more of a fair balance yeah. of what the world should look like. Because we can make the men be more responsible for their kids as much. We can just put the balance and the onus on them as much as we possibly can, or depending on your relationship with your significant other, however your family works out. Even if they don't do the same things that you do, they should be aware of what you do and how much that allows them to do what they do. Right, right. And also what I loved about her speech is in comparison to some other people that tried to make some sort of a... Political, political statement. statement, which again, I feel like you you are a, a, an actor or an actress. You appear to have some sort of charisma mm-hmm. or personality. Right. Use that time We've to say it. something funny, valuable, moving in right. some sort of way. And I feel like out of the speeches of the night, she was the only one that kind of hit the mark. I mean, other people attempted to and right. tried to. Some of it came off as very disingenuous totally. to me. And hers, I felt, was just, like, really heartfelt and more so than I agree. the right to choose, you know, life or not life for her children. I think she was just sort of saying the right of women to make decisions, to make their world look however they see fit right. that it should look. Right. And it's not up to, you right. know, the men to tell her or it's not how up it should to go. Who, what religion you are or right. what yeah she knowledge. sort of hit everything I know. all in whatever one god thing. you pray to doesn't matter yeah. i know whoever wrote that for her if she didn't write it and why did and i don't care if somebody else wrote no, it me my neither. god if you can't think of something charismatic to say get help no because kidding. you look silly i don't know i'm just su- suggesting somebody else helped her write it i don't know i'm just saying whatever her delivery of it was spot on yeah. and I agree. Like, she didn't have to thank anybody. No, everybody knows that you're thankful. And what she's thankful for is, like she said, she lives in a a period of time where she had those rights to make her life the way she wanted it to look. And she doesn't have to worry about, you know, somebody like... Emmeline Pankhurst, you know, she was the one who started the WSPU, the Women's Social and Political Union, back when women were trying to get the right to vote. She was the head of the suffragette movement. I mean, she her motto was deeds, not words. And like you said before, when we were talking, started talking about the speech, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. I mean, talk about speeches. She came to Hartford because she was from the UK. She came to Hartford, Connecticut and delivered an insane speech to the people in in America referencing the 
our war for independence and making correlations like it's time to act now. Women's okay, now you've just gone off on something. Just, I don't even know what is going on. I thought we were talking about the Golden Globes. We are. I'm, t- I'm tying it back to history oh, and the Jesus. fact that women had to come before her to give her that right. Yes. And one of those was Emmeline Pankhurst. She basically is saying, you know, men... Get ready. Yeah, we're here. It's coming. But that was 19, like, fucking 13. I know. Isn't it incredible? Yes. It's incredible. So I was on... Um, 1913, yes. Twitter, and I found this um, tweet. I don't know if it's old, new, whatever. Um, but it was kind of along the lines of what we've talked about before. Everybody knows I'm so super hypersensitive to, like, dress code and mm-hmm. what girls should and shouldn't wear mm-hmm. and who's in charge of making that um, decision decision For, and yeah. who's measuring shorts and all of that ridiculousness that goes on in our society it's to true. sort of shame our younger girls. So he tweeted, he's a... Wait, um, this is a man tweeting this? It's a man and he's okay. a gay man. Okay, he said, uh, it's, you know, lengthy. It's like four tweets long. Because no, you can okay. only have, what, 125 characters in a I, single I, tweet? I'm not a Twitter, but go ahead. I mean, Donald I'm not Trump a tweetist. Stretches it. But he says, I'm a gay man who was raised in a heteronormative world. A part of this world I have always been baffled by is the modesty culture. The main premise of modesty culture is that women need to dress in a way that doesn't provoke sexual response in men, which is insane. I think it's absolutely crazy that a man can look at a woman and say, I think you should wear something else because seeing your skin makes me feel aroused and that arousal is strong and I haven't learned how to appropriately manage it. So please change your clothes, which is what they're saying. Exactly. This is bonkers, especially when men then start to claim that a woman's worth more if they dress a certain way, as if covering flesh somehow earns a woman value, all because it doesn't evoke a sexual response in men. And then if a woman doesn't do this, well, now a man has the right to chastise a woman, call her names, say she is slutty and wicked, all because he is having a sexual response. Newsflash, woman's worth is static. It's inviable. It doesn't change with what she does or doesn't wear. It doesn't change with sex. A man's sexuality is his own responsibility. Want to know how I know this? Because in my whole life, I have never told another man how to dress, even though a man's body arouses me. I have never told a man he should put on his shirt on a hot day when he's on a summer run. I have never demanded modesty from a guy. I have never expected men to stop wearing loose basketball shorts just because they might be revealing to me and turn me on. In fact, I have had my entire life been in situations where men take all of their clothes off in front of me, in a locker room, etc. And guess what? Even though I felt aroused, I have never, ever blamed another man for that arousal. My arousal is about me, not him. I have never assaulted another man for this. I have never raped another man for this. I have never claimed a man was asking for it. A person's worth is static, inviolable, and begins the day they were born as a baby until the day they die. Clothes do not change this. And a man's arousal is his own damn responsibility. It is not the responsibility of the body that evokes that arousal ever. You're so happy with this tweet. But isn't it incredible? <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and you I know, it thinking- just honestly put me in my place with it because I always want to go on the other direction, like be more... It's appropriate. okay. Be you, more blah, I, blah, Sometimes blah. I say, 
your skirt is too short, go back in the bedroom. That's okay as a parent. Yes. But that's my decision in my house right. to make with my children. Right. When they leave my house or when you see somebody else outside and we want to quickly judge, throw a judgment that way, that was their decision. And why does what they have on invoke anything in you as a woman or a man? Because it does invoke something in you as a woman. I've totally. heard other mothers I say, mean, listen, ooh, she's dressed inappropriately, or ooh. Uh, well, that's what Fox News was based cares? on. If Fox News was based on women couldn't, had to wear a dress, a short dress, right. show a sit. That's what it was making me think of, was bombshell and, yes. and thinking about how, you know, that, that young girl sort of changed her appearance to impress whatever his name is. What's his name? The news guy. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. Yeah. And, I think as women, like we're asking men to change the world and for us to do it, like we need to do it ourselves. We right. need to stop well, being that's... that judging culture or that holding back culture or those women out there, hey, who don't want women to have a right to choose. What the fuck is wrong with you? I, yeah, it's true. We all need to get on the same but women, page. Right, right, need to, and it doesn't mean we need to have the same political beliefs no. or the same idea and no. what somebody should wear or whatever. It's about recognizing that was their decision. They'll follow their own path. Right. I, I don't have the right to control their decision with my values or beliefs. That is really, really good because I, for example, in, in the morning show, I'll reference it again, the character who plays the um, Matt Lauer character, right? Mm-hmm. He, Jennifer Aniston comes and sits next to him and he's watching this other woman walk away from him who's in like a tight dress and Jennifer Aniston's in a pantsuit. Now she's her his co-anchor and he's like, why don't you ever wear a dress like that? We should make her wear a dress like that. Like he's being obnoxious and right. annoying and Jennifer Aniston's character just looks at him and says, oh, fuck you, stop, stop yeah. it, whatever. And again, I'm having this discussion with my husband and, and he goes... He's thinking she likes that playful banter. And because they're such good partners with each other, I'm like, that's all it is. It's banter. I go, you can't tell me she likes that someone has just told her. She that should she's be- not sexy as, as the other girl. In a pantsuit. Like, she's basically appeasing him and saying to him, just because they're on air and they have this thing to do. But she is not liking what he said. I don't. I can't imagine any woman saying... Telling you what to wear is a good thing, ever. Whether you want her to wear a pantsuit or a sexy dress, stop fucking telling people what to wear. That's basically what you're saying. They're going to wear whatever makes them comfortable. And as a parent, I've done this plenty of times. Like, first of all, you can't be comfortable in that mini skirt. It's just not going to How are you going to sit? Right. What's going to happen there? You cannot be comfortable. Again, these are all decisions that families can make. My point being, like the government is trying to control a woman's body, when that woman leaves her house for whatever reason... But we don't try to control the man's body because we don't force him to wear a condom like we said on the last show. Because he's not responsible for his arousal, ejaculation, whatever you want to call it. He's not responsible for any of it. No. That's so fascinating. Yeah. He's, he's exempt from it. It's up to us to realize that they are weak in that area and to not entice yes. well, or that's why distract. They're afraid. Listen, like we said in the beginning, it's just going to escalate further. I don't I don't know because both sides are so fear-based. I don't know how they're well, ever Well, because gonna... we're in a perfect storm of a world right now right. where we have 
Me Too, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ movements, basically in their infancy, really. And then at a world at large that's electing right-wing radical conservatives into power. At the same time, these other movements are coming to power and they're going to crash into each other. Well, and that's the thing, too. They're they're afraid. Like the suffrage had said, they're afraid. I There was some um, congresswoman or sen- senator on um, one of the nightly comedic news shows this week and she said you know have you ever looked across the aisle they all look exactly the same yeah and so they have a right to be afraid they they feel like they're losing something in this yeah they are so-called battle for equality right and in a way they are well remember when we did that podcast on the woman the red pill the men were so like the they were against the feminists okay yeah right and we kind of felt a little sorry for these guys because it was kind of like and you know what no, there, yeah. there has to be casualties at some point. Recognize that the world has always looked like them, even if there are issues about unwanted pregnancies out there or whatever, like you, you yeah, don't have custody, rights, you're, you're custody. You're one in a million custody disputes that you right. know, is hardly ever and, and, the norm. Right, and listen, individually, I feel sorry for you that you let yourself get into that situation with that woman who was a monster. Mm-hmm. There are going to be those out there, but the world does. world looks like you in the majority of cases, you man in, in, in what I'm saying. And we have to understand that. Like let's play let me play this other clip and, and I want to okay. talk about it. It's from the Golden Globes in 2015, I think. Okay. Hang on. George Clooney married Amal Alamuddin this year. Amal is a human rights lawyer who worked on the Enron case, was an advisor to Kofi Annan regarding Syria, and was selected for a three-person UN commission investigating rules of war violations in the Gaza Strip. So tonight, her husband is getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes, so... I mean, that's our own um, responsibility, and uh, I'm the number one person guilty of it in this culture. What? Like, that we value the wrong things. We, we value well, how, reality how, TV. We value but, celebrityism. We value, you know, like they said, yeah, the, the people who win the Pulitzer Prize, there isn't a show. There isn't a Academy show, like There should be. Right, showcasing them or anything. And guess what? It, it may be just as interesting as what's going on because the the Golden Globes are no longer all that interesting. I mean, but well, that's Ricky our Gervais fault. was pretty funny. He's funny, but that's our fault as a society that we aren't valuing those people. I mean, it's true, right? He shouldn't be getting the well. Listen, he's getting. I mean, that was a joke, obviously, because he was getting a lifetime achievement for his filmmaking, obviously. But the reality of that clip or that comment was so telling in what we're talking about right right now it's like she really is the powerhouse yes and who's doing important crazy things in this world and he's getting a lifetime achievement award for playing some drunk asshole in a movie movie playing pretend (laughs) playing pretend yeah and you know whatever i don't know all of his movies and he tells maybe some great stories about some important things I don't know, but mainly it seems like Ocean's Eleven to me. But, but of course, I mean, he's valuable. And we need entertainment. That's what it means to say the world could look like us if we force that upon them. But you know what? To give the Kardashians credit, they run reality TV scene. So maybe they are 
trying to make the world look more like them, even with the big butts and the big lips. I don't know. No, but they are. They're doing a lot of good humanitarian work. I truly believe that. But that's the point being, like, that's us as a culture just trying to suck up all that celebrity done and not really recognizing people of but at some point true they value. Have to, they, at some point the Kardashians had to do something like actually Meaningful. realistic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean how sure. much how many years can they go about doing spending eighty thousand dollars on a kid's fifty uh, fifth birthday party. Well uh, speaking of Ricky Gervais, I why English people are so much more witty than Americans. How about the guy who said he, somebody gave him eyebrows? I, and then the other English, the lady who won um, for the crown, the English lady who oh. won for the crown, and Joaquin Phoenix had just gone up or and accepted. Um, she was after Joaquin. I think she was after Joaquin. Oh, I didn't see because I- she said something about flying on a private jet. Oh. Because he had called out yes. saying, you oh, know, right. let's do our part to, you know, minimize our footprint. And and then she was like, oh, so great making this, you know, show. I got to fly in a private jet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. She, like, she just right over. I mean, maybe it didn't go right over her. Maybe she was, you know, tongue in cheek laughing I about it. it. But English people just are so witty and funny i don't know I, the american people who are up accepting we, the award they take themselves way too seriously too seriously like i had but um, we just got done talking about like i like that michelle took her the whole things too seriously she she had something to say Same, right this was my thing what's her name um oh, where is she oh zellweger okay oh i couldn't watch her i wanted here's to- the problem with her she's she was awkward nobody clapped she's taking she's like obama She's taking so long to say something. Don't do not compare Renee Zellweger to Obama. No, no, no. Um, Bad analogy. And her pausing. Listen, I, I am Obama's uh, biggest fan. Okay? I know, but my point being, was her, her tone. I don't know yes. what you call that when somebody their speech inflection or yes. whatever. It is so drawn out and boring that you've lost track of anything well, that they're she, saying. She, she's this needy, she's one of those needy people that like wanted to have this attention. Moment like, in the sun. Yeah. Go, go away. away. Go and then, away. As I'm so they, mad that she won anyways. And then as soon as the music starts playing, then she starts getting to the meat of her What did she end up saying? I, didn't I even don't even know. But okay. the, the point is, the music started playing and she started like picking up her delivery and actually had something nice to say at the end. But it just was driving me crazy. Like, come on, people. Say something. And then Patricia Arquette went up. What was the boobs? Again, I'm not going to make fun of that because we just did a clothing I know. Nobody was sexually aroused with those boobs. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) why are you? But she tried to hit. Every freaking platform yeah. there was that was, you know, yeah, global warming, the fires in Australia, the yeah. government, you know, women pro- in 30 seconds. I'm like, you've said nothing of yeah. substance in that. You just rambled on and on. When She's a wackadoo. She is a wackadoo. That's why I thought somebody wrote Michelle Williams' speech, because... When she delivered it, you could tell she was almost nervous. The cadence is the thing, the word I Her cadence was... Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And it was meaningful to her. Maybe she did write it. Because it it sounded... Everything that she spoke about was sounding so meaningful to her actual life. And I felt like Patricia Arquette was kind of like... 
like you said, just throwing Rambling. shit at the wall yeah. saying, this is, this, this, that's what I feel like I do every time on this podcast. I'm just throwing shit Well, that's the thing. I, I was just out there. thinking that, Tina. Like, I, this was, I was what I was just going to say to you. You have a one in five shot of winning. That's a pretty good shot. Yes. So... Prepare, Prepare something. something. Right. You're not going to look like an idiot if you get up there and you've had something really... Even if you just get up there and say, I'm really stunned. And I like the ones when they actually acknowledge the other people and say something their special category, yes. about them. Yep. That, but that's prepared. That's what I'm saying. Lupita Nyong'o. When it. Lupita Nyong'o won, um, I think it was maybe last year, a couple of years ago, I, I forget. She said, don't think for one second that I don't acknowledge the fact that so much joy in my life right now is thanks to someone else's pain. Yes. And then she just thanked her people and moved on. But she had that one particular sentence that, and of course she's British or something, mm-hmm. she was raised in England. She recognized something and that sentence meant something to everybody. Because yes. a lot of times something you, good you happens. Win, somebody else loses. Yes, or something good happens to you. There is always someone that a tragedy has yes. just happened to. Don't rec- don't forget for one second. You have to be aware of that and be humble. Yeah. And that made her that, even though she was grateful to accept that, her humility came through. And I think Renee Zellweger was just yeah, phony. gross. Yeah, phony. Phony, phony, yeah. baloney. The other speech that really bothered me was um, Joaquin Phoenix. Again, I could not. He was freaking me out. So here's my thing with him. There I should have been a, that big hook. Remember the gong show? Get him off. Here's my thing. You can tell from his appearance. He's suffering from tremendous mental anxiety. Yeah. And maybe mental illness. I don't know. But my point being, it's great that you acknowledged that the, the show was vegan. And the footprint oh, on the... Base. Yeah. yeah. And the footprint on the planet that, you know, people who eat meat create. Okay. I get that. You had a morale. You still haven't seen Joker, right? No. You had a unbelievably moving, miraculous performance in a movie that highlighted mental illness more clearly than any movie I've ever seen. And it was so relevant. Like it was supposed to take place in the 1970s, I think, but so relevant to today. And you didn't acknowledge anything about the movie nothing yeah or or what part that might play in society he probably did not think he was going to win i so he probably was like i i don't have anything prepared and he just went up there and like see i think they all think they're gonna win i think they're all pretty listening to their own hype yeah pretty confident people i don't know i was just like come on like you're not even going to address Mental the illness. movie or the part that you played, nothing. He, was, I thought it was a huge missed opportunity, and he was just rambling about bizarreness. But I'm going to excuse him a little bit because I feel like he has some real um, anxiety, mental illness issues. That's all. Uh, the Golden Globes is really the one that I like watching because there's TV in, you know, in, um, Barkins- and Barkinson. And a little bit more banter between... But there was not enough Ricky Gervais. I thought he would come out more, and we needed more Ricky. And I want the crowd to not take themselves so seriously. It's okay that he's making fun of you for making political statements and all of that. Like, it's okay. How great was Brad Pitt? Well, I don't like Brad Pitt, I loved Tina. him last... I, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I, lo- I loved him in that um, I'll tell you what was annoying speech. me afterwards. I didn't see the movie, so... Was they kept show- re-showing the clips of him giving the speech and the camera panning on Jennifer Aniston? Yes. To her reaction? They, they, this was like 20 years ago. But they're supposedly maybe back together. That's just such nonsense. I'm, I'm, I don't know. How do you not know that? That could be. 
They're not. She's single. He's single. They're not. It was 20 years ago. You never listen, know. I, I think he can do better. I'm not, <laughs> I think uh, well, he can do better. I mean, but she must, she might, maybe she gets him. They were actually married, right? Yes, they were. Barr yeah. told me the story of when Gwyneth Paltrow got in her altercation with Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Did you hear what he did? Yes. And he was basically told Harvey Weinstein. I thought that was Ben Affleck. Was that no, Brad Pitt? No, no, no. Ben Affleck's a fucking wimp. This oh, was, that Brad was Brad Pitt. Pitt. Okay. He went over and, and basically said, you touch her, yeah. you will die. Kudos to Gwyneth Paltrow, who you know I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, but... She actually told him what happened. So, And if you think about that, too, like the nerve of that man. First of all, Gwyneth Paltrow is like a Hollywood Well, he was basically princess. her godfather, too. He, yeah, he was very good parents. friends with her. That's, I mean, cool. it's That's what insane. I'm saying. He's sick. He's been all over the news, too, in his little walker. Yeah. Like, go shoot yourself and hang yourself like yeah. Jeffrey Epstein yeah. because... <laughs> Or somebody take him out because we shouldn't even spend the money on this trial. I trying know. to, there's no jurors that are going to be impartial. I mean, how are they going to find a jury? I don't know, but you're so you're assuming he's going to be found guilty. Well, I hope to God. We'll see. I mean, what if he's not? What if he's not? Which also, okay, let's transition to Listen, Megan and Harry now. No, no, no. Because wait, this just okay. rem- wait, uh, yes, do you yeah, want to say something else? No, I, I forgot what I was going to say. But the Harvey Weinstein thing just reminded me of Prince Andrew. Yes. And so. Oh, I was going to say that about the scandal too. Yeah, Go ahead. This is why I want to transition to the Harry yep, and Megan thing. Megxit, please. Right. Hashtag Megxit. They're exiting from the royal family as Megxit. much as they can. Yep. They're trying to move to Los Angeles. I loved that their statement was, we're attempting to become financially independent. Because what's going on in that royal family is they have, they can't fight back or disagree with anything that's happening because... They have no power. They, they have no power. They're, they're, they're financially the housewife. Dependent. They're that yes. housewife that's in a cage. Both of them. Yes. Harry too. And the fact that they're angry that he wants to have a life Outside, he's sixth in line yeah. for for the throne. There's absolutely no reason why he has to listen. But to he needs their security. He needs he needs certain things that maybe. But maybe if they distance themselves, they enough. can pay for private but my security. Point being, like right. that was pissing me off that everybody was so fired up about him wanting to you know leave, and they're mad at Megan and blaming Megan for all this. Listen, you have a prince in there right now. That no matter what you try to tell me, was involved in pedophilia. She, Why should right. he want to be in that cloak well, of, you know, don't talk, don't tell, right. do everything we say right. because you are financially and solely indebted to us. I do think the Prince Andrew thing pushed them over the edge. Yes. I do. And the fact that the Queen didn't even come out and make a statement Speak about his interview and how... No, it's as if it didn't happen. Right. And she didn't speak to anything with Princess Diana. We saw from that movie for days later. Everything is like status quo. Just do what we tell you to do and your life can go on as you choose. Right. And and somebody else was saying too, like, the whole royal thing has just gotten to be so passe at this point. Like, It's just irrelevant. It doesn't matter. They're a celebrity. And for some reason, their celebrities are being funded by their government. Right. Which I don't understand. And their people. The taxpayers paid for them. Yeah. I know. It is interesting. And why you would be mad that he's trying to make 
you no longer financially responsible for him for them. should be a noble well, thing. They're not even mad at Harry. They're mad at Megan. Megan, Megan is going to be the um, outcast in it all. She's the pariah that's going to take him away from the royal family. I think he's a free spirit. I think he's had enough. I think he realizes this is all bullshit. Right. And I can do, you know, my mother's work or charitable work that I think is valuable without having to be under the thumb when of they some say, controlling government. Right, but when they say they want to be financially independent, is she going to go back to work? Like, so who is going to go back to work? Okay, so I read an article about her today on what her net worth is. So she has a um, $7 million net worth all her own. Okay. So she can be financially independent tomorrow. She's also Meghan Markle, who is now married to Prince Harry. So whatever freaking clothing, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, right, right. but whatever she chooses to start up or do with we'll them make money. is going to be but successful. But she's going to do it. She's going to be it. Not him. Like, I mean, I'm sure he's going to do plenty of things, but he can do charitable things. Something like he's got $40 million of his own coming to him that he has to detach from his family in some way. And I think that's what they're still working through. But then making that announcement that they're going to leave and the palace saying this is premature, we were only in beginning stages, I think they're like, you know what? Screw you. Well, I think they made the announcement be- without a lot of uh, conversation with them because if they... If they showed their hand, they would have been squashed. And so I think they had to go this route and publicly say it. So it's out there. She and can't. I'm sure they've been in negotiations somehow about... I'm sure they've told them. Right. Like, they, they, nobody was blindsided by this. Yeah. They're blindsided by the fact that they sent it out without maybe having it approved by the queen, but they knew something was coming. And again, if you're not going to protect your own people, right? why should they be loyal to you at right. all. Like, she's not going to... Because they said something about they're no longer going to um, honor the um, press briefing rules for however the royal palace works. They only deal with certain... They, they agree to... I mean, it, can it, she stop wearing tights? <laughs> I don't know. But they were basically saying whenever we do an event right. or whenever we have something where press is invited, we're going to choose which press people come we're going to choose up and comers we're going to choose young people we're, gonna okay. use, we're not going to use the royal status right. quo of whoever reports everything because those people are tainted right and are already coming with the belief and bias and they're not really interested in the event or who we are as people yeah and if and if the queen is controlling all of that the the um, she's 90 something 93 and her husband's 99. It's going to be 100 next year. Yeah. They need to go. Why haven't they stepped down? I think if there's something about stepping down is like dishonorable thing or something. I don't know. Because when she became... I only know this from the crown. Oh, when she I haven't became watched, like, I'm, queen, it was because somebody else um, abdicated no, the throne. No, no. Her dad at, died. No, her... But she wasn't next. Yes, somebody somebody oh, walked away no, her, and refused the, to do it. His brother. Yes. But his brother walked away before that. So his brother wanted to marry the, the divorcee, the American okay. divorcee. She's season one of The Crown. Yes. And did you see the King's speech? No. All right. Colin Firth plays an amazing. Okay. Elizabeth's dad. Okay. Uh, Colin Firth, I don't know, King George, whatever their names are. Yeah. I can't. Elizabeth's uncle was ahead of him, and he wanted to marry a divorcee. Act, 
actress from America. Okay. Speaking yeah, of. Right. And they were like, no, you can't. You're going to be king. And he was like, no, yeah. I give it to my brother. Yeah. And it was dishonorable, and he does get, like, kicked out of the royal people. But that's how Elizabeth becomes queen, because right. then her dad dies of lung cancer okay. or something. But she's, what, queen at 15 or something? Right, I don't but know. that's point being, it was looked at as shameful that you... It was looked at shameful that he abdicated it, but I don't think when... I don't know what like the rules are down. if they're... You know, if you're old and you're like, I'm going to give it to the next in line, it wasn't like... I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know what her problem is. I don't like her. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost like, are we going to get in trouble for that? Whoa. Listen, I have no feeling... That's why I kind of wanted to talk about this, because it's so irrelevant what Meghan and Harry do. It is compared to the fact that we could potentially have World War III, as my kids keep coming home saying... What's happening, Mom? What's happening? And I'm like, nothing's going to happen. Right, but now we're all wrapped up with Megan. It's, like, nice to talk about something so foolish. Yeah. And and really having no relevance on any of our lives. It doesn't matter. Well, and, too, like, two weeks ago or something, there was something that they were going to strip them of their titles because they were no longer, um, what are they, like, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex or whatever? So if you're going to strip them of their titles, why why can't they be free to do? So that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't even know that that was a conversation. So that this whole thing must have been going on for a yes. long time. I don't think they give a shit about their titles. I don't think they care. And I think I, looking I back being to a Duchess, though the document. Speaking of, once I we were in um, the Chatham Bars Inn. Yes. And the waiter. Did I tell you the story? No. The waiter kept coming over to give me coffee, calling me my lady. Oh, you did tell me the story and you loved it? I was trying to make everybody at the table, my children call me my lady. Oh. Um, Bart, I think I basically had to say, I've got to end this Yeah, soon. my lady. Yeah. But I wanted him to call, you know, Bart, like, Lord... Halifax or yeah. something. I don't know. I'm like, why is he calling me Milady? It's great. Anyways, I'd rather be a Duchess or Yeah, but their their lives are so boring and I think that that is what sort of when um I did see the Downton movie too, by the way. But Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Okay. The documentary that they did on Harry and Meghan. Yeah. And she made the statement of uh, you know, existing is not enough. That is well, not do you a still life. think she's fragile? Remember, you had the whole take that maybe she... We, we, we wanted Megan to just go be a mom and, and not have right. to so be... Right, so they're saying she's extremely manipulative. Right. And she's... But I don't really know anything about her. Her appearance still seems fragile, and I think he's very protective. And I think that there's been some angry nights, and they're like, fuck this. This I, is yeah. stupid. And here's the other thing. She's never going to win. She's never going to win because if she's too much herself... Then she's not in line with, you know, being, you know, put together if she's too free with her voice. But if she's too put together, she comes off as fake. Yeah. So, or manipulative. Like when she's talking, she's, oh, I feel like every time she's talking to somebody now that's oppressed or could potentially get out there, she's guarded and that seems fake. And I don't know. Uh, and again, I'm. But gonna... she knew what she was getting into. I don't think you ever actually know. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can even imagine. Like, I think we can think we have an idea. Well, and somebody was saying, like, the Daily Mail is not like press. The National here. Enquirer right. and all that. It's yeah. like, they don't need sources. They don't. It, it, and they're just listening to phone conversations and everything else. They're just saying, you know, whatever, yeah. Megan's having an alien baby, and right. they print it. But and why again, does if she you let it even bother her? But here's the thing, Tina. 
so Andrew's gotten away with the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing for years. And we're, the press is worried about whether Megan is being manipulative. So they, so that Megan and Harry are right. Like they're controlling the press. Why isn't the press attacking Prince Andrew every day? Why isn't, why aren't they? Right? Now we're, now we put this into a serious fake news topic and now I'm upset. But it's true. It is true. Why isn't England in an uproar? over that and why isn't he being you know yes he had to step down from his royal duties which he wasn't doing any anyways right that's the problem these people have too much fucking time on their hands free time but yeah like why like that's i think their point of we're going to get our own press because your press is absurd like they're you're allowing her to attack my wife when i'm filing a lawsuit you're upset that i've you know didn't have a stiff upper lip and fight back it's almost like they want the women in that organization to be sort of destroyed in some sort of way i don't know kate's managed to sail along the top i don't know how kate doesn't say anything ever and she's i mean they are the perfect example of what they wanted as a royal to the baldness to the skinny beautiful wife with the perfect children who are it's a picture and they're probably incredibly happy, but they're exactly what they should just make them king and queen, and everybody would be be quiet about yeah, it. Yeah, and then they'd leave poor Megan and Harry alone. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. Megan Gate. That's Megan Gate. No, Meg's it. Um, <laughs> Listen, and along the totally superficial level too. Yeah. Is it nice to live in a palace? Yeah, but that place looks horrible. Well, they said it looks so dowdy and damp and dumpy, and she's probably like. We could have a beautiful home and with Malibu. our children. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a life. Right. This is, it's raining all the time. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny. I was listening to something on the news, too, about, like, this, the, first of all, you have a terrible earthquake in Puerto Rico. Yes. You have the fires going on, and there's this, and then there's that, and somebody was saying, you know what, the Northeast, we get five good days a year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And we're happy with them. The rest of it's shit. Yeah. I mean, we're always complaining. I think I'll take it. Yeah. Really? You know what I, mean? I know. We're pretty we don't, safe over we here. We don't live in a place where we have There's a, main, a volcano going on. But we just don't have, like, great weather. Yeah. Most of the time, there's it's either humid and we can't breathe or the allergies are out of control or it's seven below zero. I'm still not staying here forever. I'm still, I'm going to take a risk at some point. No, you're not. I am, Tina. No, you can't. can't. We'll have to take the podcast. I can't be 80 and be here. I can't. Why? Then you have to worry about, like, you're going to be 80 and worry about a hurricane coming? Then what are you going to do? I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't have all the answers right now. I just know I can't be cold forever. I hope that we tied together a little (laughs) bit because I feel like it was very frazzled. Um, Bart said to me uh, about... Adderall, because again, the morning show, which I'm obsessed with right now, this one girl taking Adderall and to keep her awake, to keep her awake. And I'm like, and I'm thinking of it like, why does ADD medication work on normal people, not ADD people? Like, why does it speed them up? Yeah. Why can't ADD kids just drink a lot of coffee or something? Right. Like, why? I don't understand it. And what do you think would happen if I took Adderall? Would I be like, speed it up or would it calm me down? I don't know. You should give it a try. I don't know. I'm afraid of medicine in yeah, general. I know. I know. You should give it a try. Listen, on one more, no came to do with anything, but it irritated me because we always say, you know, Lizzo speaks to us and we're yes. fans of Lizzo and what, everything. What did she do? 
uh, Jillian Michaels made a statement about... Um, Jillian from Biggest Loser? Jillian from Biggest, Biggest Loser. Biggest Loser's coming back. I know. Okay, go ahead. But you're going to be mad now. No, I'm not. Because I, I she never made a Jillian. statement sort of how Lizzo is glorifying being fat and won't it be hysterical when she gets diabetes. Oh, Nellie. And I was thinking like, okay, I don't think Lizzo's glorifying being fat. I think Lizzo is... This, this is me, and some people find it attractive. And... No I don't ever ask that Lizzo. fat, speaking, coming from... I don't think she's that fat. I don't fat. think she's that overweight. And, oh, by the way, how do we know that she isn't working on being healthier? And it's a struggle. Like, bodies come in all different shapes and sizes. Right, like, right, right. I don't know. I well, and like, they, it, along those lines, everybody was making a big to-do about Adele losing all that weight. Yes, and that her collarbone was showing or something. Did you see that picture of her? No, but collarbones are a really great feature, by the way. You're so funny because... That's, um, the, that's the most... That's exactly what the woman who was talking about it said, and everybody was like, you're... Because everybody's like, look how thin she is. Her collarbones that's are showing. That's the best feature. And the girl was like, well, that's attractive. And they were like, you're sick. You're No. Like, listen, if all I have left is my collarbones, I'm going <laughs> for it. Um, but I'm no, still looking for my collarbones. <laughs> Speaking of like looking a little bit nutty, I don't know if it's HDTV or something. Yeah. But Ellen looked terrible. Okay. Every time she's in What's um, high def, it, it's a she little startling. She looks fine on her regular show. I don't know. I, maybe it's the light. She can control the lighting there or something. It's t- Well, first of all, Ellen is 60. So, but I know, but they could. And I don't think she has a lot of like work done on herself. Oh, the cat just did the cutest sneeze. Kevin. Um, yeah, I don't think she's a plastic surgery type No, but her ears, her hair, too short, ears too big. big. The neck is melting. Remember (laughs) when she was on American Idol and they started making her wear a scarf because her neck was melting? That's literally going to be me. (laughs) Now we watch the Sonabello commercials at night. (laughs) I put oil on my neck every night. My husband and I are consumed with the Sonabello cold therapy and we're like, does it really work? <laughs> no, like, it doesn't. You don't think it does? I don't think it does. It's like thousands of dollars. Freezing the cells? It's like getting rid of fat cells, and you can freeze something on your neck. And, and It's interesting to me. If anybody's had Sonabello and has email had positive us. results, email, email us. Email us, momsaveamerica yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, you can be anonymous. We won't call you out. Yeah, no. I just want to know. You made okay, that's all. I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention that Jillian Michaels was being a bully because oh, I, I don't like back that. To that. No, no, she could have said it in a very. Why did she even bring Lizzo up? They were. I don't know. It was like in a very. She was in an interview with somebody, and it was a very tongue in cheek way. I mean, I'm sure she is listen, now going to say Jillian I was kidding. is a hard ass. Yeah. So, and I think she was just sort of saying, "Hey, listen, I like our music, but like, let's not glorify being fat. It's still unhealthy." And I don't think she's glorifying being fat. I think she's glorifying being herself. That's who she is. And she is if she can lose right. a few pounds, great. If she can't, she can't. But in the meantime, she's going to live her life. But guess what? Jillian Michaels is just being who she is. She's a tough ass okay, gay you woman. You shouldn't say you're going to laugh when someone gets diabetes. No, she'd just be like, point out, like, you know what? She could be on her way to getting diabetes at this point. So yeah. pull it together, Lizzo. Just Some people I'm not have a bigger body. I never looked at Lizzo and thought she's really fat. Didn't seem like uh, Aretha Franklin or right. something. Like I'm like, okay, Aretha. Right. Jeez, Louise. But I didn't she's, even think Adele thick. was. I mean, yeah, Adele was just a little thick. She yeah. wasn't fat. I actually even Kelly Clarkson. I love. I mean, yeah. whatever. Like, 
I know. I'm curious about the Adele thing. Like, she's been missing for Well, so everybody long. said she had surgery. Like, oh, she like had, a stomach thing? Yeah, she had surgery to do it. So, I don't know. Isn't that a shame? Like, honestly, with all your success, notoriety. There's she, always one thing. Like, Oprah, yeah, she can't lose weight. Yeah. There's always something. But that you're still struggling, like, self-esteem-wise with yourself over, like, that one thing. Well, maybe it was health, or maybe it was. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't think she, like you said, she wasn't that fat. She was a little thick. And she always looked beautiful. Yeah. So that's why I feel like with Kelly Clarkson, even if she's a little chubby, she always looks beautiful. She just needs a new designer. Dresser. Kelly, I know. Yeah. And the makeup. I think she's still using her friend. <laughs> no, she remember when she was like, my best friend's my makeup artist. And I'm like, let's yeah, you give a her new a new job. Artist. No, just yeah. give your best friend a different job. Yeah. Shove her to a different side. Yeah. All right. Well, Anyhow. as I was about to say, I hope we kind of rounded out this session of strong women again utilizing michelle williams words and valuing everybody's individually individualness and whether it's black lives matter lbgtq rights women's rights human rights we all really are human but i think the sexist thing has to play a role in how we move this country forward forward because as harvey weinstein is trying it's going to trial right now the world has to exist where we can you know where we can make our own choices and everybody can be fine with that megan included you know Uh, and on a side note i saw ruth bader ginsburg is free of cancer she's plugging along but she can't last another four years no i know that is got to be the slogan of whoever runs (laughs) right forget about yourself promoting yourself in your campaign just announce she she's not lasting and you know what for me and listen i know we've got to wrap this up here but jim steyer whatever his name is because i see his tom steyer (laughs) (laughs) he's got all kinds of money to plug these ads and i love what he's saying yeah i think he's great but you're not going to win right so Use all that money to pick to help somebody. Pick else. somebody at this point. Yeah, yeah. I pick, hope he will. I, I mean, eventually he will, but I hope he chooses the right person to put his money behind. All right. Well, that said, we're going to come back with a coffee cruise crush. Stay with us. We're back with the Coffee Cruise Crush, and we are going to do time periods, women's movement time periods. Like, would you rather live in? Or would you rather Coffee Cruise Crush with, like, the suffragette movement? Did you ever see that movie with Carrie Mulligan? She plays she plays that suffragette that I quoted earlier. In the, oh, my God, I don't know Son of a beeswax. Let's see. It's a 781-862. Oh, I got it. It's probably Grace. Hello? Hello, my name is Ruth, and this call is coming into your life right now for a reason. Why? If you're like many people in the world that have been wishing or searching for a financial lifeline you're going to want to press one right now. Press one. No, I am not pressing one. showing regular people how to become financially liberated. And today is the day that you get to learn exactly how we can help you too. This oh is not God, some MLM or network marketing program or anything like that. Yes, it Our is. This system is unlike anything you've ever seen before. So press one right now for... I'm pressing Goodbye. zero. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll, I'll call you back later. <laughs> I'll get the number for Gary. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what the fuck was I just saying? And you know what? I'm done with people like my husband even saying, you got to stop cursing. No. Yeah. Why? Right. If it's in the moment, it's in the moment. It's right. It's just a word. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and it makes me feel better. It makes okay, me feel like good, I've good emphasized. All right, thanks, Carrie. Good for you. She's on my side. Where were we? Suffragettes, okay. the movie. Yes, it's called Suffragette, and Meryl Streep plays Emmeline Pankhurst. I want to go back and watch it now that I've been like kind of researching her. Definitely not. My only <laughs> reference to the suffragettes <laughs> is Mary Poppins. <laughs> Literally. If it wasn't for Mary Poppins, I don't know that I would have retained that from history class. We just class. tried to remember, like, 1919 is 100 years since we've gotten the right to vote as yeah. women. All right, so either do you want to live in that time period, early 1900s, or do you want to move into the 50s where women, after the war, we just gotten through this whole point where we had to work, be Rosie the Riveter, yep. and then... Now um, you're back as a housewife, baking cookies. Smack down, wearing your skirt. Yeah. Which I like those skirts. I like the 50s outfits. But, or today, where we're in this complete craziness of Me Too and, you know, having a complete racist in the White House. Okay. Well, I already know I'm, I'm crushing the 50s. Oh, I thought you were going to crush the suffragette movement. No. Okay. I'm crushing the 50s. And even though that's portrayed in movies as this very nostalgic time and everything. Yeah. I sort of view it... Although I didn't watch Mad Men, did you? Right, in mm-hmm. that dark sitcom yeah. time period where the women are sneaking alcohol to bury their misery of being or trapped. abortions. Right, being trapped home alone, bored all day, <laughs> living, you know, in fear of their husband coming home at 7 o'clock, having to... I can't think of anything more terrifying and horrifying than having to have dinner prepared when my husband comes home never has making dinner is enough to make me cry honestly i'm with you i'm not i'm not a good cook like that would have been such a failure as that i would have been drunk on the couch like from doing laundry in the 50s i would have never made it never that's what happened right yes that's what i'm saying and i love when you like see those those portrayals of like the woman just smacking a big steak down in front of her husband yeah. like here and you go having his you know manhattan ready right. when he walks and let me take door. your shoes off oh my your... god i'd rather die couldn't couldn't do it nope couldn't you're do absolutely it. right crushing that time period crushing the 50s i'm still still taking today on the cruise because no matter how much we can bitch and complain and whine never have we had more rights and freedoms than we do have oh, today of course so we are so lucky and i think about that too like sometimes i'll see something on the then news we should have thrown in another one that was kind of in the like in a similar dark period like well it is kind of a dark period we are on the verge of losing some significant rights but we still have the power to have a vote or to control our lives in some sort of way. Okay. And then um, I am um, going to coffee with the suffragettes for the most bizarre reasons. But you like the 50s clothes? I kind of think their clothes were cute. And I kind of liked that all these... Oh, you because of Mary Poppins. Yeah. I kind of liked that all these women were like banding together and thinking they were being, you know, feisty They and were all getting thrown in jail and beaten up. Again, I told you my only reference to this time period is Mary Poppins and her coming through the door with her big sash and the sign and you know suffragettes yeah. and and the husband rolling his eyes like oh, okay whatever like it's just keeping her busy. I, I that's my only reference to that. I you know I always I hate agreeing with you with everything like yes. that, but I feel like I'm a '50s fan in the sense of 
But, you know, you shined a different light on it for me. Yeah, you were a fan of it in the sense of the nostalgia of it all, like the family and... And leave it to beaver and happy days. And never did I think that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but I ended up to be a stay-at-home mom. And I I enjoyed the stay-at-home mom thing. I enjoyed my casseroles. Right. Well, that's like, the thing. You, you're coming. We're coming from it from two totally different right. family dynamic situations. And how we grew up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh god, no. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, dinner would be made. The but house you know would what? smell like bread and cookies. Right. I'd be with the kids. Yeah. yeah. But my mom worked. It's not yeah. like she. But I had a great extended family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of my home life at yeah. the time. So were you cruising with 50s? I don't know. Like, now that you've said that to me, I guess I would have to cruise with the 50s because I feel like I could... You could make that work for you. I would have loved to be in the pre, like, Jackie O. I'd love Yeah, to. women's movement. Yeah. The beginning of it all. Wait, I'm going to crush today because I'm exhausted. Okay. I'm crushing today and I just... If, if I could change anything, I would change something in the line of succession to having Trump be president. I would go and talk to Mary Trump. That's what I would go do back in the day. We can't turn back time. No. Did you hear that George Lopez got in big trouble, speaking of? No. And I'll get back. So I guess whoever put a, a bounty on Trump saying, like, they'll give somebody $10 million. Oh, somebody from Iran. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, George Lopez tweeted something like, oh, we'll do it for half. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got in, like, serious trouble. Yeah. Well, I guess that is the threat, a threat of assassination against your yeah, president. Yeah, you can't say that. Right. Like, what's her name? Um, the redheaded comedian. We'll look that up and insert that. Yeah. But yeah, she was holding the bloody head and she got put on some no-fly list. And, and, and you know what? Like, when does that cross the line? Anyways, yeah. I would, sorry, I would crush today. It's exhausting. And I would go to coffee with the suffragettes, like you, not for the clothing. <laughs> Although, I'm always up for a good, like, corset. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, but wearing a long... This is my problem with the long skirts. Mm-hmm. The mud at the bottom of the skirts. Well, they're a little bit, they're, they're um, How do you, ankle length. So they've got the boots on and then it hits like just above the ankle, the long dress. Maybe, maybe that's accurate. But you're still going through the streets. The streets aren't really paved. You're getting like horse manure. I don't know. I didn't it's think my that OCD. much in it. Sorry, yeah. I didn't think that much okay. about it. Yeah. I'm going to coffee with them. All right. Well, that said, we are going to wrap it up. And please follow us all on our our Instagram and Twitter. And look at our website because the website's great. It'll have a bunch of these um, articles that... For the, from these women that I spoke about on the website. We'll post those. Thank you so much, and bye, bye Wendy. Wendy.